0: Today, uh, the message is entitled, Draw Near to the Throne of Grace. Draw Near to the Throne of Grace. And this is so important for us as we uh, start this year, knowing who to turn to. This morning, I want to start off with this question How do you see God? Is he someone that is approachable, or is he someone that is out of reach? Is he available everywhere? Or is he only available at church? You see, how we see God determines our interaction with him. And also, it determines how we receive answers from him. A lot of people, they kind of get stuck here. Uh, God seems too far out of reach, uh, seems too distant, or he's not hip, (laughs) or they don't use that terminology he's he's not with it (laughs) sorry um he's not you know someone that is with the times and um sometimes it feels like god is outdated um but this is how pop culture views god and which is very far away from the god of the bible he is not just available at church um That's how I saw teachers once upon a time. They only live at school, right? Sometimes we treat God that way. He only lives at church. Our God is not that kind of God. He doesn't just reside in churches and temples and things like that, but he resides in our hearts because 1 Corinthians 3.16 says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God dwells in you when you have received Christ into your heart. There's so much that we fail to see or fail to experience because of how we see God. He's someone far away. has nothing to do with my life. But when we start changing that to understand who He is and how we're created to be with Him, uh, we start to receive important answers, especially in this new year. So our first point here today I want us to understand that we're made in the image of God. Genesis 1 26 through 28. Uh, Let's read this together. Ready? It's a a, a mouthful, but let's try. (laughs) Verse 26 through 28. Ready? Go. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Amen. God, he has given us in the beginning, right? Our identity and our authority, our identity, because we're made in the image of God, is to be with Him. That's what it means for us to be made in the image of God, that we're supposed to be with Him. It's when we're with God that we fully experience what it means to be human. Isn't that weird <laughs> to say to say it like that? We truly experience what it means to be human when we know who God is. And we start to understand our authority, meaning We have strength. We have power here on this earth. Not against each other. Not against flesh and blood, like it says in Ephesians 6, but against the the forces of darkness working in the heavenly places. Satan, right? And the works of hell. This is what we're fighting against. We have to understand that we're made to be with the triune God. God who is triune, yet one. He is one being, but in three persons. And he does that so that we can see what what obedience looks like, so we can understand what true love looks like, because he is the standard. Without God, we have no choice but to be no different than the animals, right? We just live off of instinct. We, you hate me, I hate you, <laughs> you know? Eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. It's easy, right, simple, but it destroys humanity. It destroys community. Just living off for ourselves, you know, animals have that kind of instinct. But I know there are people that'll say, humans are animals. (laughs) But we're a little bit higher than your livestock, (laughs) right? Um, without god we become no different than the animals that are around us and that's kind of us a life to live because there's so much more for us to experience so much more to see when we are able to understand god's love for us so that that love overflows to the people around us forgiveness like that's some powerful stuff that can change a course of an entire family when we see it in grace. Being bold, right? Breaking out of fear. Like these are all like miracles. They don't look like miracles because you still look the same. I broke a fear. I look the same, you know? (laughs) It doesn't look miraculous, but that's the greater miracle. For God to change our hearts and our mind so that we understand and what it is really worth pursuing after. We have to understand, then, the fall. Romans 3.23, let's read this one together. Ready, go. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Yes, all have sinned. Even the best of people that we know have sinned, and we all fall short. This is the state that we begin with that we've all fallen, and we are all in need of grace. That's why this issue of separation is detrimental. Without God, there is no answer to sin. There's no answer to Satan. And this separation is due to that sin. Sin is what prevents relationship, right? And guess who propagates that even more? Satan. He wants us to continually be deceived, to think that we are like God, right? And if you listen to a lot of the messaging uh, through media, through movies, through TV shows, it's very similar messaging. You're God. You know, you're in control. You are in charge of your destiny. It sounds beautiful, you know and you, you know you get pumped up <laughs> listening to messages like that from your favorite you know actor or actress but it's very dangerous because what if you mess up right what if you mess up what happens if that plan doesn't go according to that plan what is going to hold you up and that's what's so scary about that kind of ideology It sounds beautiful, but in practice, it is the scariest anxiety-inducing thing. Where it's like, oh man, I don't know if I can be perfect that many times in a row to make that plan happen. I don't know how many times I can control my destiny because I'm tired today. What happens when you fail yourself being God? This is our state. Lots of problems. This is not a Christian problem. This is a humanity problem. Everyone faces suffering. Everyone faces pain. Everyone faces some kind of emptiness. And we're trying to fill that these gaps in our lives up with something in our attempt. <laughs> is this, Colossians 2.8. Let's read this together. Ready, go. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. You see, our attempts at trying to fix pain, suffering, and emptiness is kind of shortchanging ourselves, We try to fill in those gaps by doing good works. Hey, if I do enough good and it balances my bad, then I should be blessed, right? Karma, (laughs) right? If I do more good than bad, there should be more good that comes back to me. That's not a bad thing necessarily, right? But we try to use that as an attempt to work through pain, suffering, emptiness. Some people, I'm going to live a very religious life You know, I'm gonna pray better than that guy or read more than that person over there, or, you know, I'm gonna go to church every Sunday, you know, consistently. And then we put that kind of expectation on us. Philosophy, right? People have different philosophies. Some people, street smarts, right? (laughs) Can be their philosophy, or you can be very philosophical. Trying to explain life's problems, but how about reality? You know, what does that match your philosophy match reality? Some people live for money. Money can solve pain, suffering, and you know, emptiness. It doesn't. Because we see it, we see even more problems with people with money than people without money sometimes. It's it's kind of funny how that works. Some people turn to superstitions. In different cultures, there's a different pursuit. Um, in, In Korean culture, there's shamanism. There's shamanism in all over Asia. There's like witch doctors in Africa, South America. There's all kinds of different pursuits that people chase after, trying to find some kind of meaning or some kind of answer to pain, suffering, and emptiness. Some people turn to science, yeah? Right? Science has all the answers. Technology will solve everything. And it solved a lot of things, don't get me wrong. But did it solve pain, suffering, and emptiness? Does it solve that? Does philosophy solve that? Right? Does money solve that? Do these things solve that? And that's something that we have to really think deeply, like what's going on here? (laughs) Why are we at the peak of medical technology, the peak of just overall technology, the peak of knowledge and science and internet, have the same problem as before? Actually, maybe worse than before, right? It seems like there's more pain and more suffering and more emptiness. What's going on? And when all that doesn't work, we look for distractions, right? And I'm not saying these are all bad things. These, some of these are great. Money is great, <laughs> you know? Science is great. Good works is great. Like, these things are great. Maybe minus the superstition stuff, but great. But it's not good enough to resolve this issue of pain, suffering, and emptiness, this is the best that we can do. And guess what? This is going to get worse because now we're getting AR and VR (laughs) headsets and new worlds that we can create. And it's like an idle factory. Like if one thing doesn't, you know, give you the, what's it called? Novelty, right? We're always looking for novelty, something new to, you know, make our hearts flutter or our minds, uh, you know, feel alive. But if that can constantly change, right, and we can create new idols or new things every time, yeah, that's gonna be great for some people, but very dangerous. (laughs) Um, Something that you can get stuck in or addicted to even. And that's kind of scary because what it does is it kills your soul. Because our our bodies, our minds are not made to constantly pursue after and pursue after and pursue after new idols, new things, new novelties. Eventually our soul gets tired. Our soul kind of rots away. So with our attempt, we can only go so far. But then that's why we see the gospel where we are given this Great high priest. Verse 14 says, Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Jesus came so that we can have access to the Father, access to him. There might be a lot of different prerequisites that we can come up with thinking that I'm not good enough to come before God. Why would God listen to someone like me, right? But that's the reason Jesus came, for people like you, people like even me. I'm a pastor. I need grace. I need help. I need this great high priest as well. And what's amazing about this great high priest, who is Jesus, is that he's been tempted in every way, but prevailed not so he can go, haha, I'm better than you, I'm God, but to show us that he can be our source of strength to overcome each and every obstacle, each and every sin, things that we get hung up on, right? The desires of your heart, right? God knows, that, like what we read through last week through our passages, he knows better than any desire that we have or anything that we can think of. He gives what is greater. And Jesus, he made the way for us to approach this throne of grace. Verse 16, it says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. What does that do? So that we may receive mercy and find grace To help in time of need. And I was thinking about that. What does that mean? (laughs) Right? Mercy is what we need to approach God. God shows you mercy. It doesn't mean do whatever you want and then, you know, say, God forgive me and He'll forgive you. Yeah, He will forgive you. But are you seeking a relationship or are you just getting are looking to a get get out of free get get out of jail free card, <laughs> you know, and a lot of times that's what people want. They just want I just need to say a prayer and that's it. Well, yeah, pray, but know what you're pursuing in praying. We're pursuing a relationship with God, not just a vending machine, not just some genie in a bottle. He is one who knows us and one who wants to guide us because he, he, he made you. He knows you. He's planned for you. And he gives us grace to help us through those moments in life where we get stuck. And beyond just being stuck, he just guides us every time, everywhere. So that we are where we we need to be. There's a calling on your life to be a source of good news to whatever field that God calls you into. Whatever career that you're in, that is your field. That is the people that God has entrusted to you. And it might not be the best people, (laughs) and it might not be the most favorable people, but these are nonetheless people that you can at least pray for it doesn't mean that you you have to change everything you have to make it happen that's really bad thinking <laughs> and it's not the gospel either we're asking god lord come into my field guide me help me help me to survive in this field if that's where you are help me give me strength lord god so that i'm not overwhelmed if that's where you are then pray that But if you're well-established in where you are, say, God, what am I supposed to do? Or God, help me to be connected to people, right? And see how God leads you. Wherever and however you can turn to his throne of grace to find mercy and find grace in time of need. So our conclusion here is this. Jesus, he is the Christ, meaning that he is the Messiah. And he has come to solve this fundamental problem of separation from God, this issue of sin, and this issue of Satan. He has resolved that issue by being the prophet, priest, and king. Prophet was one who made the way back to God, but Jesus was the fulfillment. He is not a prophet, <laughs> he is God but he's the fulfillment of that role. He is the fulfillment of priest who has washed away our sins, and he is the fulfillment of the third anointed position, which is king, who has conquered Satan. How? How can, he, how can we experience this, this power? How can we experience Jesus, who is the Christ, in our lives? It begins with John 1.12. Let's read this together. Ready, go. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Amen. Yes, he gave us the right to become children of God. He gave us that that power (laughs) to be children of God by his grace. It's when we receive him, when we believe him, that that takes place. When does this take place? 2 Corinthians six 2. Let's read together. Ready, go. For he says, in a favorable time, I listened to you, and in a day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the favorable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen. Yeah. When we make that confession now, it happens now. <laughs> um, and maybe there are people that are like, ah, oh, you know, I don't know. I need some time, <laughs> and yeah, okay. But this next passage, Proverbs twenty-seven one. Let's read together. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Yeah, that's true. We don't know what tomorrow may bring. Uh, we can't. We can't hundred percent know. We can make a good guess. That's the best of humanity, right? Uh, like we've talked about, the best that humanity can predict is what, 99.9%, never 100%. And even that is a dream, right? <laughs> 99.9. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. So, what? First John 5, 11 through 13 Let's read this together. Ready, go. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has... The Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. Amen. And this may sound like, oh, you know, Jesus is so mean. Like, those who don't have him, they don't have life. And you have to understand how humanity was created. We're created in the image of God. Like I said, that means that we're made to live with him. That's where we receive that source of life. Without God in that picture, it's like, how come my laptop doesn't, you know, turn on forever? (laughs) It has to get connected to the power to recharge again, right? We have to understand, like, this is how humanity was created. And it's when we pursue Christ, you can see for yourself, too. These are things that can be witnessed as we pursue God, finding strength where there was no strength before, finding the strength to even change some of our thinking or change some of our things in our hearts that we are stuck in or that pain or suffering or emptiness that we feel like we're stuck in at times, trust in him and see how he guides you. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and it's in Christ that we have access to this eternal life. So we need to discover the answers that God has for us in 2024. This is so important. I know it's we can't. It's not just like oh, okay, let's restart the clock. <laughs> you know, some, there's some people that are like, I don't feel any different from 2023 into 2024. That's fine. <laughs> but it's a good way to kind of mark like, okay, um, new start. Then let me challenge myself in a new way. So challenge yourself in a new way. Uh, I, ha- I had um, notebooks that I, I wanted to give everyone, but left it at home. <laughs> just blank notebooks uh, just so that you can keep notes. Because sometimes that is a great way to... Remind yourself of the message that you receive, but as well as something to jot in so that you can remember, right? The things that you're praying for, or the questions that you have, right? Like we we don't shy away from questions. Um, so write these things down, right? The things that you receive grace from, jot it down. Keep don't just keep, I'll remember it. <laughs> uh, It doesn't work well for me, so I don't know. You might be better than me. (laughs) That's fine, too. Um, But definitely record it somewhere, uh, whether on your phone or whether on paper, however. And approach his throne of grace with confidence. And that's what we've been given. Uh, We have been given access, not because we're perfect, not because we are just you know, all in for Christ and have that We we might not look like that. That's okay. But we can approach his throne with confidence because he is God who is with you. Right? He is Emmanuel, God with us. It's Christ that is within us that gives us confidence. If we place our confidence in what we've done, there is no confidence (laughs) because (laughs) there's always more we can do, Right? But Christ has finished it all on the cross. And that's why we cling to him. He says, it is finished. He didn't say, oh, I got to do some more stuff and then I'll, I'll save you the rest of the way. No, it is finished. He has made the way for you. And as we enjoy that blessing, we start to see the reality of our faith, not just here at church, but Monday, right? When you go back to work, when you go back to school, and you go, like we get to see the reality of our faith, and we can start sharing with people, this is how God worked. <laughs> you know, that's what evangelism is. Is you 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 are witnessing God's word coming alive. That is witnessing. That is evangelism. It's not going to the streets and just yelling at people, arguing people to salvation. Yes, there's a time and place for those things as well. I'm not saying all of it is bad, but there's a good amount that is not that great. Um, but we need to confirm. We need to see God's word come alive in our day-to-day. So as we hold on to uh, uh, today's message, I want to end with um, a prayer. And this prayer is a prayer of acceptance. And this is something that we've done probably several times at our church already and probably you've done it through retreats and things like that. But this is our confession and this is you know, a way for us to also lead others into prayer as well. So I'm going to put a prayer up here on the screen. So let's read this together slash pray this together as our confession, as our reminder of what we have in Christ. So let's pray and read together. Ready, go. Heavenly Father, I now realize that I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin. I turn to you and trust you with all my heart. At this time, I open up my heart to you. Please come into my heart. I love you, Lord. From now on, help me to live my life for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. This is not just a simple prayer but this is the beginning, right? I always tell people that I share the gospel with on campuses, look, you you prayed, but this is not the top, right? (laughs) This is not the apex. This is the beginning of knowing who Christ is and seeing how he's working in your life day to day.